welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Pamela Hughes. Every week, we're going to start to wiggle loose in area of your life that has got you stuck. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast here. I am super pumped that you are with me today as we talk about worrying. Yeah, why worrying is a waste of time and why it doesn't work. There is no shortage of things for us to worry about these days, right? So many are worried about the direction of our country. Others are worried about health and the pandemic, our livelihoods, our children's future. I mean, you name it, there is no lack of stuff to worry about these days. But what does all that worrying produce, if anything? Well, I think the one thing we can all agree on that it produces is a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of tension. And that may manifest itself into sleepless nights or agitation or irritability with our family, whatever it may be. But worrying produces a lot of negative. So what's the good of it? Why do we worry? Well, have you ever gotten into a situation where you are constantly playing out like the worst case scenarios in your head? Maybe you're about to have a conversation with someone and you practice the conversation that you're going to have over and over in your head with all the possible outcomes and things that you may say. It's like pick a path. You guys ever read those books growing up? Pick a path. Loved those. But we do that in our brain. Like we pick a path. Well, if they say this, then I'll say that. Or if they do this, then I'll do that. Or if this happens, I'll do this. And we start worrying and anticipating what might happen before it even happens. And nine times out of 10, let's be real, it never does happen. But we spend so much time and energy and effort playing out those scenarios. So I wanted to talk to you guys today about worrying. And before we really dive in, I think it's important for us to clearly define what it is to worry. Because as I started thinking about this, I'm like, okay, well, what does worrying mean? How would you define worrying? Well, Merriam-Webster defines it as mental distress or agitation resulting from concern, usually for something impending or anticipated. All right, that's a little wonky. Breaking it down for you here. Pretty much it's the thoughts that we have that create stress over things that are about to happen or that may never happen. That's pretty much what worrying is. And here's the thing that's super cool and weird and strange about our brain that you may not be aware of and how worrying is impacts it. Our brains cannot distinguish between real and imagined. Our brains cannot distinguish between what's real and what's imagined. That's super cool, but it's also super weird. It's one of the reasons why athletes use visualization as one of their training tools. Muhammad Ali would use visualization and he would picture himself standing in the center of the ring as the referee raised his hand up in victory, declaring him the champion. And and he would have like the smells of the ring, like the sweat on his face, the crowd screaming. He could hear and see the cameras flashing. Like he would visualize all of that. Michael Phelps, like the most successful Olympic athlete of all time with 23 medals, credits visualization with a lot of his success. Tiger Woods uses it. And then you get into like CEOs. It's not just athletes, but CEOs 
visualize and imagine what it is they want to create in their life down to the details. Oprah Winfrey does it. Sarah Blakely does it. It is super powerful. When you can visualize what you want to create and then your brain doesn't know the difference and it goes about making it happen for you. And since the brain can't distinguish between real and imagine, visualization, getting a little scientific and wonky here for you, but I think it's important, so stick with me, it can trigger neurons in the brain and it reacts as if what you imagined is actually happening. What Muhammad Ali imagined is actually happening. And and it builds these new pathways that, that, that the brain will use when the event occurs. So like each time you visualize something, you are strengthening those neural pathways, either for good, as in visualizing something you want to create in the future as an athlete, as a CEO, as a mom, as a business owner, as whatever it is, or you strengthen those neural pathways for something that's going to harm you, which is worrying. And so if you are constantly visualizing the worst case scenario in your brain, guess what happens? Yeah, your brain is going to react as if what you imagined is actually happening. It's going to build those neural pathways. And so then your body also starts to react to it. Worrying about what might happen. The brain doesn't know it didn't happen because you're like creating those neural pathways. And so the body reacts the same as well. So if you think about how much time you've spent worrying and contemplating and and spinning in the what ifs, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if I get sick? What if my loved one gets sick? What if I'm late? What if they don't like me? What if I don't get the job? What if, what if, what if? Now, what ifs are exhausting because they're a question that you can't answer yet. And the truth is you have no control over them. You have no control over whether or not you get the sniffles or whether or not someone you love gets sick, whether or not someone doesn't like you. Like you don't have that kind of control. And so we tend to focus on the worst case scenarios, but they don't prevent anything bad from happening. We want it to. We think that worrying is going to prepare us for what may happen so that we can take action But again, we spend so much time doing that for things that never happen. We waste so much time, energy, and effort. We want control and we don't have it. And the lack of it makes us feel uncomfortable. That is the uncertainty of life. Life is uncertain. We cannot guarantee things in life. There are very few, if any, guarantees. You may not like it, but that's the reality of it. You can argue with it all you want. All you're going to do is make it worse for yourself. And you ever notice that what it is you worry about, nine times out of 10 never happens. Nine times out of 10, it never happens. And even that one time when it does happen, chances are it's never as bad as you made it out to be. So why do we do it? Why do we spend so much time, waste so much time on something that doesn't matter? Well, again, we got to go back to our brain. Our brain is super powerful. And I think we need to start paying more attention to it. Oh, my goodness. We think the problems are all created on what's happening outside in the world. No, so many of your problems are what's happening inside of you. It's the way you're thinking. It's your thoughts. It's your brain is the problem, not the world. Yeah, so that's why we worry. Why do we do it? Well, when you worry about something that never happens, your brain links worry with preventing harm. So you worry about something that never happens 
And then your brain goes, oh, yeah, you know what, worry, and you won't get hurt. So your brain thinks your worrying is keeping you safe. So it does more of that. But it's not true. Your worrying didn't keep you safe from something that was never going to happen in the first place. Funny, huh? So again, why do we worry? Well, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say over the years, you know, I worry because I care. I worry because I care. So if the opposite of that would be if you didn't worry, you wouldn't care. Like if I don't worry about someone that I don't care about them. No, that's not true either. Like neither of those are true. We want what's best for someone, but that doesn't mean we have to worry about them. Don't believe me? Ask the loved one that you worry so much about because you care if they want you to worry about them. They're going to say, no, you don't have to worry about me. It's all good. I got it. So why do we do it? Well, you think that you can prevent something from happening by planning for it. And we cannot plan for everything in life. Back to life is uncertain. So what is it that you're planning for? We spend so much time and energy and attention thinking in what could happen, what might happen in the future, instead of what's happening right now. Instead of manufacturing a potential problem in the future, deal with what's happening in the present. You think you can prevent something by planning for it. Now, some of you listening to this podcast right now know that your worrying isn't helping you. You have a, a sense that it is starting to take over your life and it's wasting a lot of time, but you just really struggle to stop it. I feel you. I hear you. I see you. And then there are others that think worrying is good. Yeah, I worry because I care. I believe it helps. It prevents problems. It leads to solution. Hear me when I say there is a big difference between problem solving and worrying. All right. If there is an actual problem to solve and it is within your power to solve it, then go for it. You are problem solving. That isn't an issue. But if you are creating a potential problem through what if like scenarios you're creating in your own mind and then game theorying out solutions for a problem that doesn't even exist yet. Yep. You're worrying. That's that's worrying. So there is a difference between problem solving, which leads to solutions and worrying, which is this free wheel of spinning. Worrying is the problem. It is not solution. So what do you do about it? Well, it's not as easy as just saying, well, then stop worrying. If worrying is bad and it doesn't help and it doesn't prevent anything, then stop worrying. Because if I told you right now to think of a green giraffe, like close your eyes and just think of a green giraffe right now. All right. Now stop thinking about that green giraffe. Just stop. Chances are you're not able to. Like that green giraffe is still like popping up in your brain right now. Because why? When you tell yourself to stop doing something, it forces you to pay attention to think about the thing you want to stop thinking about. So you can't stop thinking about that green giraffe. And when you tell yourself to stop worrying about dot, 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 you start thinking about that dot, dot, dot. Yeah, not super helpful, is it? Okay, so again, what do we do about this? Well, a big part of it is recognizing that worrying is going to be part of life. It's going to happen our brains over the last several hundred years, not hundreds of thousands of years, but over the last hundreds of years, have been wired 
for this kind of behavior of worrying. The goal isn't necessarily to never worry again. It's not to let it take over our lives and so much of our brain space. So how do you do that? Well, number one is awareness. We talk about awareness so much on this podcast because it's super powerful. Ask yourself this question when you are worrying. Is there an actual problem to solve right now? And if so, is it within your power to solve it? Is there an actual problem to solve right now? And if so, is it within your power to solve it? If there is not an actual problem, then stop right there. You are, you're finding a solution in search of a problem. That never works. But maybe there is an actual problem to solve right now. Okay. Is it within your power to solve it? If it's not, then stop. Creating an awareness that I have no power to solve this will create tremendous relief for you. And if there is a problem and it's within your power to solve it, then go into that problem-solving phase. Gather information, make the best decision you possibly can right now, and move forward. So if you can't solve it, then you got to pay attention to your feelings, right? Because so much of what we worry about we can't solve or that there isn't a problem to solve. So when you're worrying, you're distracted and you're not feeling emotion. So you actually get a little bit of relief when you worry. And when you stop worrying, those emotions surface. And then so often we begin to wonder what's wrong with us. Nothing's wrong with you. Life is messy. And so are a lot of the emotions we have in life. That's okay. It's part of life. And when you realize that these feelings are part of being human, nothing has gone wrong here. It's just gone human. You can relax a little because there's nothing wrong with you. The second thing that you can do is to welcome in the uncertainty because frankly, you can welcome it or you can push against it. It's still going to be there. Life is uncertain. We cannot predict all the potential outcomes of all the things that may or may not happen. So embrace the uncertainty of it all. It's going to be there whether or not you like it or welcome it. Number three, calm your nervous system. Your nervous system is on hyperdrive when you are stressed and worrying and anxious. It's why we feel tense. It's why we feel jittery. It's why we feel on edge. So give that nervous system a bit of a break and try to calm down. So how can you calm down your nervous system? Well, there's a lot of different techniques that you can try to see if they work for you. Some work for some, some work for others. Some of the techniques that I recommend that I've used on myself and with my clients, tapping, uh, EFT, if you will, it is the emotional freedom technique. It is where you tap on certain parts of your body, usually on your face and in your neck and your head. And they're like meridian points in your body. It's believed they help to balance out the energy within your nervous system. So there are a ton of wonderful tutorials on YouTube that can teach you the very basics of tapping. I've gotten tremendous relief from it. My clients have gotten relief from it as well. So you may want to start there and explore that. Meditation, man, that's everywhere, right? It's everywhere because it works. It takes time to work, but it works. And there are so many apps out there to help you with it. So meditation can help calm your nervous system. And then if you don't want to watch YouTube videos to learn how to tap or 
invest in an app to learn how to meditate, of which most of these things you can find for free on the internet. It just comes down to whether or not you're willing to do the work to get the relief that you're after. You can, you can find it. It's just, are you willing to find it? But maybe you just want something a little more simple. And that's fine too. Breathing. Breathing can really help calm down that nervous system as well. And and most of us breathe poorly. <laughs> I mean, really, we do. Uh, but as to how to relax with breathing, you can simply take an inhale for five counts. Hold it for five counts. And then exhale for five counts. In for five. Hold for five. Exhale for five. And do that, that cycle five times. And it's really interesting, like if you if you check in with yourself before you start the breathing and you're like, okay, how anxious am I? How frustrated am I? How jittery am I on a scale of one to 10? And just check in with yourself. And you're like, oh, I'm at an eight right now. Okay, great. You're at an eight. And then do that breathing technique. Five in, hold for five, five out, repeat five times. And then check in with yourself. How am I feeling now? Chances are you might be at a six or a five. But it's super important to check in before you do it and then to check in after you do it so that you can gauge whether or not it's working for you. Because a lot of times if you don't check in at the beginning and you do it at the end, you're like, oh yeah, this didn't do anything. But did it or didn't it? You don't really know because you don't have a way to measure. So just asking yourself those questions will help. And then journaling. Journaling is such a tremendous emotional relief, especially when your mind is spinning in worry. Getting those thoughts out of your brain and onto paper by you writing it, not typing it onto a screen, but you writing it. There's something that's magical that happens. It gives you the ability to take a look at your words. And a lot of times we'll take a look at them and we'll be like, yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking that. I don't want to think that anymore or that's ridiculous. And I'm not saying to like judge it. I'm simply saying the very act of writing down your words and looking at them allows you to view them and process them in a way you can't do when they're just spinning endlessly in your brain. So what can you do about worrying? Again, one, create an awareness. Is there an actual problem to solve? And if so, is it within your power to solve it? Two, welcome in the uncertainty of life. It's going to be there whether or not you like it. So if you can just acknowledge that life is uncertain, it's going to be there. I can't predict all the outcomes and that's okay. You'll get tremendous relief from that. And three, Calm down your nervous system, either through tapping, meditating, breathing, or journaling. Worrying is a waste of time. It genuinely is a waste of time, and it doesn't work. It doesn't prevent anything bad from happening, but it creates so much negativity in your life. So the cost is so much greater than the reward or the benefit. So I'll leave you with this. Steve Jobs once said, let's go invent tomorrow instead of worrying about what happened yesterday. And I'll add, and instead of worrying about what may happen tomorrow. All right, that's all I have for you guys this week. I'll see you next week. 
Hey there, podcast listeners. If you're feeling stuck and you want to start wiggling loose, head on over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com and sign up for a free session to see if life coaching is for you. Again, that's PamelaHughesCoaching.com. Hope to chat with you soon.